Hey fellow nerds, I'm Megan Smiley, and this is the Lawyer's Escape Pod. For those of you who've gotten into practice, looked around, and thought, so this is my life? I get it. You're in deep, and you feel stuck. You may have no idea what the next step would be, or maybe you have an idea, but think it's unrealistic. I truly believe that there's a path forward for each of us if we're intentional about finding it. And this podcast will be a great source of advice and inspiration for you to make that leap to a more fulfilling career. Hey guys, my guest today is Jordan Hellman. He's the Senior Director of Strategic Partnerships at Care Partners at Home. After working in litigation in a few different environments, small, large firm, same firm, two different cities, Jordan decided it wasn't a context problem. He just didn't enjoy practicing law, as I'm sure some of you can relate to, and we've heard from different guests. So he leaned into what he had discovered was really his strength, which was relationship building, and has gone through companies and entrepreneurial adventures in building a new career in sales and business development. And I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. Hey, Jordan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Megan. I'm excited to, uh, to chat with you today. Yeah, me too. I'm looking forward to it. So I'll start where I always start, which is a sort of origin story. What made you go to law school in the first place? Well, it's, it's interesting. I think like a lot of individuals, um, I thought the practice of the law was, was something that was both um, admirable and uh, you know, something that was really an achievement to look, to look towards. Um, my first interaction with law was more in, in kind of the generic um, college classroom. So um, took a handful of poli-sci classes and the like, and it really tickled my fancy. I, I found it extremely interesting um, the way that our communities, our governments, of course, are shaped by the practice of law. So um, yeah. went into a bit of an idealistic idea about it, and uh, that was originally what kind of got me got me interested in it. Yeah. So did you go straight from undergrad to law school? I did. I went uh, undergrad at Penn State, and as I was framing what I thought was going to be my future, um, I, I latched onto a handful of professors that taught, taught a lot of those poli-sci classes and the like. And, uh-huh. and um, so they guided me in, in a way that would allow me to kind of start getting that type of experience. Um, and so I I, I spent uh, about the last two years focusing predominantly on those pre-law types of classes um, yeah. and, of course, studied for the, the LSATs. And then I went uh, immediately to, to law school right after uh, graduation from Penn State. All right. And was law school what you expected? How did you enjoy it? <laughs> <laughs> or not you know, enjoy it? <laughs> it's funny. I, uh, I, not, not to sound like a lack of humility, but I, I, I chose, I ended up going to Cardozo Law. And I, I went there because they gave me a pretty good deal. Yeah. And um, I'd gotten into a couple of schools that, uh, you know, with reference to some of the you know, somewhat arbitrary U.S. World News Report rankings or whatever they might be, they uh-huh. would have been considered better schools. Um, but, you know, given the, the, the fact that law school is really expensive um, yeah. and Cardozo was in New York, um, where I'd wanted to be, that I, I opted to go there and thinking, you know, hey, I got to keep it 3-4. Um, and I should be totally able to do that, keep my scholarship. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, so I think I thought, that's a really sensible way of thinking through law school. <laughs> you know, it's, it is just because the finances end up being such a big deal for people. 
You're absolutely right. It was, yeah. it was I thought, hey, here, here's an opportunity to save some cash and be in a place, get a great education um, and, uh, you know, be able to, assuming I was able to have you know, the kind of success that I'd had in, in, in undergrad, I figured out oh, I'll, I'll just skate through and I'll be at the top of the class. And that was pretty far from the truth. I went <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that happens to a lot of, I think that's a common story because we often, you know, those of us that go to law school tended to probably be like pretty high achievers. And then you're in a room full of everybody's a high achiever. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's kind of how it ended up. I, I, um, I had that quick realization right away that I was not uh, the cream of the crop and yeah, I did fine. But um, compared to where I thought I was going to be, law school was certainly a a reality check in how hard you need to work, especially when in one L where you're not yeah. necessarily selecting your classes, but you're more so you're taking on the curriculum that almost every law student around the country takes. So uh, may or may not play to your strengths. Um, right. For me, it didn't particularly, but uh, you know, so it was, it was definitely a rude awakening. Um, and first semester was a tough one, but yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> a little better from there. Uh, so it, it, was it sort of, did it, shake you from your interest in the law or was it just like oh okay i'm really gonna have to buckle down because this is hard i think more of the former uh yeah. excuse me more of the latter i think it yeah. was i i i i maintained the desire to practice law uh certainly throughout law school mm-hmm. and um the challenge was something that i was although it was humbling to say the least it was something that i loved i, I you know, maybe i'd gotten a little bit uh complacent in, in, in undergrad I, I kind of figured out how to how to do well and um, law school, in a sense, uh, just jarred me from that pretty quickly, and so yeah. I had to reformulate the way that I that I approached studying and the way that I approached law school in general. And so that was that was certainly something that um, that impacted my desire to kind of push forward as, as an achiever. Say, all right, let's let's figure out how we can conquer this. Yeah. So was there? Did you sort of narrow in on an area that you were interested in while you were in law school and what did you decide to do when you graduated absolutely so uh, i realized fairly quickly that litigation was not what i wanted to do um and so i, I started looking at more of the transactional side and mm-hmm. had developed a proclivity towards intellectual property sports uh, i think like any athlete coming out of law uh, coming out of undergrad you, you say all right i want to do sports law um, right, right. <laughs> and you know the funny thing is you don't you know sports law is is You're like is what really is that <laughs> it's, it's the same thing with international law. law it's like what <laughs> exactly you're totally yeah. right it, it really just ends up being um, law with uh, sports related clients <laughs> so, right exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> there, are, there, are, there are so many different um you know specialties within that so sports law was something i realized quickly i had to had to do a little better um, and so, you know, I, I started to glom onto the intellectual property side. And mm-hmm. so the, the copyright, trademark, licensing, branding, that avenue, um, along with the agency side were ones that I started to have an early interest in. Yeah. So what was your career, right? Like what, you know, was your first step out of law school? Well, um, it's funny. So I, I graduated with that, that um, concentration in IP. And, right. but I graduated in 09. And so uh, ideally I would have gone yep. into transactional IP. <laughs> yeah. um, but at 09, um, especially given that intellectual property broken down between hard and soft IP, um, yeah. I couldn't do the hard IP, the patent side, because I didn't have a science degree. Right. And so 
uh, law firms weren't hiring for my particular skill set. And so I, as I mentioned earlier, I, I wasn't, I knew pretty early, I didn't want to be in litigation, but um, candidly, there's always a need for more litigators. <laughs> so, right, right. <laughs> uh, my, my path started in looking for, uh, for law firms or, or single or sole practitioners who, who were on the litigation side, because I knew I needed to develop a skill set. So I, I started yeah. in Pennsylvania, New Jersey um, with uh, a friend of my, a friend of the family who had a, uh, a sole practitionership. He did a lot of general liability and real estate. And so I came in and more or less just clerked for him for three months. I mm-hmm. just started. But. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it wasn't what you were looking to do, but did you like it? How, like, how was your experience of that? I think at that point I was so excited to have an actual job as opposed to sitting in class <laughs> day in and day out. Right. Yeah. It was exciting. And you know, you're learning a ton of stuff. And at the same time, you know, you're, 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 you're you're just excited to be using some of the skills that you learned in law school. So it, it yeah. didn't really turn me off, but I knew that that smaller law wasn't going to give me the exposure that I wanted. Um, you know, especially given that I, I was, my aspirations were to do more of the larger scale transactional type of work. Yeah. So you said you were just there for a few months. Yep. So um, I, I, I was there for about three months until I got picked up by a firm uh, Jaffe Asher in, in New York City, um, uh-huh. and as I was, um, I was living in Hoboken, but trying to get into the city at that point. So uh-huh. I was ex- was looking to join a larger firm, and, and that was the first opportunity I had to do that. Um, it wasn't the sexiest role. It was with a, a firm that does predominantly creditors' rights and uh, debt collection litigation, uh-huh. um, and so they work with a lot of large-scale creditors. Um, you know, with businesses and individuals who are behind on their debt. And so 2009, as you can imagine, quite a few individuals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I joined there and, and, and actually was a really good experience. Um, I was there for only a year. Again, knew it was a stepping stone more than anything else. But the individuals that I was that I was exposed to, again, on the litigation side, um, it allowed me a lot of responsibility. Um, but at the same time, I, I got to work with a lot of younger attorneys that were really cool. And so yeah. it was actually pretty good experience, um, you know, and fairly laid back compared to in your large yeah. scale corporate law firm. Yeah, I was going to say that's that's not, not everyone's report of working at a New York law firm <laughs> in their first year. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I had a life. I wasn't making, nearly making that the, the money of your typical corporate New York City law right. firm. But, um, it was yeah. actually interesting because it, it ties in later down the road. I'm sure we'll talk about it, but yeah. it was part, part, part litigator, but also there was a sales negotiation aspect. And, oh, interesting. Uh, so that that was something that I realized fairly early in my in my legal career that I had a, a knack for the sales aspect of things. Right. So, how did you make your next jump after the year that you were there? You were still um, again, thinking I'm in on law at this point. <laughs> we are yeah. still thinking yeah. we are in on law. <laughs> a year and a half in, two different stops. But I, I guess my goal was um, to use the network of individuals from my hometown and college and all that. Uh, mm-hmm. To find that role at a, at a larger firm, and um, I had a, a a couple of connections at um, you know larger but mid market firm Lewis Brisbois, um, mm-hmm. and in they had their offices were down in Wall Street at that point, and so I had a, a, some in, inroads there, and um, you know they were looking for a young litigator to take to add to their general liability group, and so mm-hmm. um, that was that was. Uh, my next inroads and, and, and that was kind of when I made my first jump into real, a kind of real law firm, big law firm environment. Yeah. Yeah. And how was that? 
Um, I think that's where you started to get into the uh, typical experiences. Yeah, of, <laughs> yeah right. Your, you saw, it's funny because you're like, I'm I'm working my way up. I want this is the goal, and I'm getting steps. And then you're like, mm. <laughs> exactly. And Maybe not so I, much. I worked with some great people. Um, yeah. But again, I, it goes back to what I'd originally said about not knowing earlier on that litigation really wasn't for me. And so, what I found was, you know, I had some good mentors. Um, the, the subject matter of the material was not something that I was really that interested in. And so yeah. whereas yeah. I was, I was doing fine. And, and, and I always, I, 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 to this day, you know, I, I was, I was lucky that I, I had good people surrounding me, but I, you know, I know I'm making this many mistakes per se from the law perspective. Yeah. You know, you're yeah. in there. You're, that's, that's like the nightmares. Don't ever make a mistake with suit. And I, I, I didn't <laughs> do that. Uh, yeah. And I was learning, but it, it just didn't, it was it was harder for me to gain the information and the experience because I just didn't love the procedural right. and administrative aspects of, of being a civil defense litigator. Yeah. And so um, it just you know it was it was a struggle, um, one that I was I was taking on struggle because I, I needed to learn professional skills, but at the same time it wasn't coming as naturally to me as other things had in my life. And so you know I, I kind of realized okay um, you know we either needed to really dig in or mm-hmm. you know see what see what's underneath that yeah were you thinking at all that you're like oh i meant to be in sort of a different area did you start to think is this a practice area problem or were you immediately thinking maybe this is a whole sort of field problem i would i would agree with you in the sense it's it's definitely the former i i thought Mm -hmm. hey i'm pigeonholed into an area that i knew all along was really not what i was going for Right, and so, and I guess I wasn't pigeonholed at that point. My goal was to not be pigeonholed into that um, civil defense litigator um, position because I knew that my, my skill set and where my passion was was going to be a little bit uh, different. So, subject matter yeah. and practice area was was on the front end, really what I'd agree was probably I felt the, the, the mismatch was. Yeah. So, what? How did you go about sort of? thinking about next steps did you start to think about a new area or you know i did a little bit of both i think i think in the front end you know, it, it's important for anyone to give things a chance um yeah and that, that's something that i think in this world um there's fewer people that are giving things the real good old call try i guess and right. I, that's not to take shots at people who are unhappy in the position and leave quick um, if you know right away that it's not for you and, and you don't see a future in it then by all means um, yeah. you, know, you should extricate yourself from that that situation. But in spots like law and other other professional types of, of situations, it, it can be really difficult and painful up front. And right. you know, it's not just it's a lot. Of and sometimes spots. it's hard to know the difference. I think a lot of people struggle with that. Going, is this just a terrible match for me, or am I? Do I just need to adjust? You know. Exactly. Yeah. You're exactly right, and that's that's that was the internal struggle I had, and and you know. I really, really struggled with kind of the, the self-realization. I, I come from an athletic background and, and, and a student to now becoming, you know, a lawyer with a ton of responsibility was was a big change from a from a personality perspective as well. And so, you know, I was battling a lot of that 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 ideology of, you know, did I make the right choice? Uh, or yeah. is it just I haven't worked hard enough yet? And, um, and so I, I kind of kept myself in that that um, that situation of I'm just going to grind and I'm going to yeah. do the best I can and and, you know, fortunately for me, I, I did fine. You know, I, I, yeah. did, I did well enough to, to continue to kind of grow within that 
within the you know within the within the firm. Yeah. And so how long were you there? So I spent about two and a half years in the or two, two and a half years in the New York City office. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was about at the end of that two two year period where I said, you know what, something's not right here. Um, again, there were some great people and I was learning a ton. Um, yeah. My workload uh, was was really heavy at that point. Um, and I think I wasn't at the point professionally where I was really good at saying no and or articulating exactly how how much work yeah. I had. Right, and right. So, you know, there's plenty of, of things where I needed to grow personally, professionally, but, you know, I was, I was buried and I, I wasn't loving it. And, yeah. um, you know, and I think the atmosphere in New York too was one that was, you know, it's a, it's a really burn the candle at both ends for yes. you know, a 26 year old. Yeah. You're still pretty young at that point. Right. Cause you went straight through and it was only a couple of years in like, that's, you know, I always think that's hard too, is that people end up in these like very intense situations at very young age. Exactly. Um, mm-hmm. And it was, you know, I was, I grew up not, you know, no more than 45 minutes outside New York City. So all my friends were there and it was, you know, they had been established at this point about 26, 27 years old. Mm-hmm. You know, they've, they've been established in their jobs for the better part of the last five, six years. And, you know, so they're, they're out doing a lot of fun stuff and I'm, I'm feeling like I'm still at the bottom. Um, and so, yeah. you know, it, there was a lot of things going on in my head about, am, am I in the right place? Um, is it just a situational thing or is it is it really the practice of law? And so right. at that point, I started thinking around. I'd had some individuals in my life that had influenced me to start looking more at California. Um, and it you know, just so happens that this first boy that I was at, they're, they're based in L.A. Mm-hmm. And so I, I kind of decided to, to tinker with the idea of moving out to the West Coast um, and you know, finally made, built up the courage to make that choice. And so what's worse that happened? I come back. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so I, I spoke to my managing partner in the New York office, um, who's a great guy. And, and I said, Hey, you know, would you guys ever consider laddering me to the California office? And he yeah. made a phone call for me. And, um, again, I had done well enough that they were able to give me an endorsement to go over there. And so I went out and met with the team in LA and, and they said, sure, we'll bring you on. Um, and yeah. so I, uh, I decided, Hey, let's change the scenery. Maybe if you add a surfboard and some sunshine. Things will be a little, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so that that was kind of the next jump. I, I stayed with Lewis, um, but just jumped to their their LA headquarter office. And was the uh, surfboard enough to <laughs> keep you happy? I think I, for, you're on for, you're on this podcast, so I think we know the answer to that. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, here, I'll put it this way: it was enough to keep me in it for another two plus years. But okay, um, yeah, you know, I'm a, a, partially, you know, just being a glutton for punishment, just taking the Cali bar um, after oh, taking the right. yeah. Years, it was, uh, it was, you know, that was uh, that was painful in itself, but. You know, the writing was on the wall. When I moved out to California, I knew that I was looking partially for a new life. And, yeah. But, uh, you know, law gave me the avenue to get out there and, and to, to, to jump right into a scenario where I could take you know, pay the bills and, and feel right. like I was contributing to something. So, you know, I gave it the college try, as I said, yeah. up there. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, there, it, it did take me back a little bit because California procedure is different than New York and the way they run the courts there is different than New York. But, you know, yeah. it, that was the last straw where I said, you know what, this just, this isn't just a, 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 a locational thing. This is, this right. is something that's, that's definitely more subject matter. Yeah. Yeah. So when, as you were sort of coming to that realization, how did you 
start thinking through what you would do after leaving the firm? <laughs> you know, it's funny you say that. I think at some point there there were some other aspects that that influenced me to go. And I, you know, I don't want to call people out on 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 a podcast, but there are individuals that, <laughs> that were really tough, tough to work with, and, and that kind of yeah. pushed my hand a bit. And um, you know, it, it, to me, it just started to get that I wasn't worth it. It just wasn't worth right. it for what I was getting. And so, you know, I, uh, I, I knew I wanted to do things that were a little more entrepreneurial. And I knew okay. that I wanted to do things more sales related. And what I didn't say is that one of the other factors of, of me making the jump out of law was I had had a handful of clients that I worked with in New York that had developed a good relationships with. And I brought you know, some business over with me um, to LA. Okay. And what I realized is that those areas, that client development aspect, I was pretty good at. And mm -hmm. that was the part where I probably added the most, the most value was developing yeah. relationships and, you know, um, kind of building them from there. And so I had, had clients that I worked with in New York that wanted to work for me for their books of business out on the West Coast. And, um, you know, unfortunately, it just didn't work out with how I would have been compensated for bringing in business um, um, at the firm. And so... It yeah. was one of those things like, listen, this is what I'm best at. Um, if I can't do that or at least feel like that's a meaningful part of my job, then, you know, this is really hard for me to keep going. Right, and, right. And so that, that led to the realization of, listen, I'm, I'm good at certain things. Um, I'm, I'm perfectly fine at, at law. And, you know, I, I've never been one to be, to be happy with average. But I was, you know, a little right. bit of an above, a little above average attorney. Um, but I wasn't going to be on the partner track, in my opinion, in that, you know, I just didn't want that life and who knows right. if I was going to be successful enough to do that. Um, but so I knew that, you know, I understood all the, the cognitive aspects and the research aspects and the, and the writing aspects and the communication aspects that went into law. And I said, people don't normally see these as transferable skills from law into, you know, some other area, but they are. And it's just about yeah. how you frame it. And so yeah. I started, I started looking um, at things that were going to be more entrepreneurial and I started kind of, you know, I was out in LA, there's a bunch of people that, that had Silicon Valley was, um, or Silicon Beach, excuse me, was starting to grow, to grow. So I was making contacts with individuals in Santa Monica and trying to, trying to grow mm -hmm. that way. But I think with the workload that I had, I struggled personally. And I know there's some people that, that could do, do this as well, but I struggled personally with finding a job outside of the legal space, um, while I was still working. Yeah. Yeah. So I took uh, the the not so advised route of <laughs> kind of cold turkey quitting, um, yeah. leaving the space. I gave I gave the firm more than enough time. I think I gave them like two months notice and said I'm gonna I'm gonna leave. Yeah, and um, and I said you know I need to focus full time on what's next for me. And so that's that's when I really hit the pavement hard. Yeah, trying to find what the next step was gonna be. I think it's really interesting because there are you know, I think there's no right or wrong way to do it, right? Some people just would never be able or don't feel like they could take that jump because it would be too scary and that they would just never do it. But some people have to take the jump to then make those things happen. And I just think it's whatever, whatever works for the individual, right? Like if you want to take a lot of steps and, and sort of take your time, that's one way of doing it. And jumping off the bridge is the other way of doing it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, you're right. It, it's, it comes down to it. I, I think a lot of 
what I think about life is propensity for risk and opportunity. Yes. Um, yeah. And I think moving to California provided me that that confidence that if I were to take a jump, uh, that I would land on my feet. Um, yeah. And worst case scenario, you, you, like I said earlier, you, you kind of just backtrack if you have to. I mean, right. If you you got five years of of law firm experience, uh, there's a place for you somewhere. Uh, right. So right. you know, I thought let's let's try it. Let's try and find something that's going to be a better fit. Um, there, I, where I can be happier. Um, and more, you know, really just really moving toward my own personal uh, and professional goals. So right. I jumped. And it sounded like you had some ideas. And, and if if the entrepreneurial thing was pulling you, it also sort of probably means that you do have a certain level of risk tolerance. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Enough. So, enough. I mean, enough. it's, it's, it's uh, to, to a point. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it is about, you know, I think, many lawyers I think can relate that most lawyers are hard workers and when you're faced with a with a with an issue or a problem, um, we're likely to work through it um and to work diligently through it. And that's yeah. that's one of those things. I knew that I wasn't just gonna leave law and then just kinda, you know, meander around for a little right. bit. It was it become was a surfer be bum. <laughs> What's that? Become a surfer bum. <laughs> exactly. I mean I did that for like three weeks. You know because I have a, I, I think I, I went out surfing maybe a dozen times and it, it, it's another one of those things that, that took me less than six years to realize that I was not going to be a great surfer. <laughs> I did it like twice and I was like, mm, okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm more of like a boogie boarder or a, mm-hmm. or a body surfer. Um, you know, nice. Well, it's all about just knowing yourself, right? This is what this whole journey is about. (laughs) Exactly right. Find your strengths, um, and, you know, at least acknowledge your weaknesses. Yeah. I've I've become better at that these days. So you took some time to focus on that. And how did you start working at sort of, like you said, kind of like diligently working through the process of figuring out what to do next? Yeah, I mean, I think the original aspect. I, I was unemployed for about six months, and I, I was expecting that given the um, change of industry. Um, yeah, I could sit there and, and tell people till I'm blue in the face that I'm good at this and good at that. But especially when you leave a, a profession that is fairly sheltered, like law, yeah. Um, yeah. you take some convincing that that you have the skill set to come into something that's not an entry level position. And right. so, um, I, I mean, it's so bizarre to me. I went to three years of, of school, you get a Juris Doctor, and you, you work six years in a professional sense, and someone's going to come in and, and essentially be an entry-level individual. And you're like, okay, I, I can I can probably perform a little more than that. Yeah, and um, you sort of, you can feel caught on both sides, that you're both underqualified for something, but then also seem overqualified for things. And it's it's a balance to try and bridge that gap. I'd agree. And I think a lot of lawyers, myself very much included, when we when we looked at ourselves in the mirror after law and you and you put yourself so deeply into that legal space, yeah. uh, invested so much time, energy, money, it's tough to know and again see yourself for something other than that. So I took a yeah. I spent a decade of my life immersed in law and then to come out and say, uh, oh, I'm a sales guy or oh I'm a, I'm a you know an operator or whatever it is. Like it, right. it was it was difficult to um, to know how to articulate that in a way that made sense to people that might want to bring me on a position. Yeah. So what kind of things were you applying for, trying to get traction with? You know, it's funny. I, 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 
I think I started off with like this, the spray and pray approach where mm-hmm. it was just, you know, I applied to everything. Um, that was at least within a skill set that had some form of legal acumen or biz dev or client development or mm-hmm. uh, anything that was operational. I think my, my skill set tends lends itself to business development, um, like strategic partnerships. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I, I found out through uh, my, my, the role I'm landing and that was, I was pretty good at operations um, just because the ability to logically push things through and problem solve and all that kind of stuff. But so I, I was, right. I was all on that, but I knew again, having that experience where biz dev was something that I was getting good at. I knew like a strategic business development position would be something that I would likely succeed in. And so yeah. I was looking at the market and the industry didn't really matter to me. I was, I was, I was applying all over the map to areas that would have been um, biz dev oriented. Mm-hmm. So there was the biz dev side. And then I, I also looked pretty heavily at agency. So I mm-hmm. looked really deeply into um, talent agency, especially being in Los Angeles. That was right. something that was there. Um, and so those were the two areas I was targeting from the front end. Yeah. And what did you end up, what job did you end up going into? I went uh, to BizDev and operations role, but neither <laughs> neither of a standard one that I was looking at or an agency. Um, yeah. I, I after a, a bit of time, I'd actually went and, uh, well, I'll backtrack. There were, when I moved to California, I moved in with two individuals who were at the time working at, at, at large private equity firms, uh, firms excuse me. And, mm-hmm. and they, uh, similar to myself, are going through some of those, you know, this is great and all, but um, what's next kind of thing. Right. And um, they developed a great, great set of skill sets for building and developing companies. And so two of these guys I moved into, I, I was actually at uh, living with them in uh, 2012 when we were kind of beginning to understand a business model for this healthcare company they were going to start. Mm-hmm. Uh, they actually founded it in 2013. Um, and I remember being like a little miffed on the front end because they knew I wanted to get out of law. And yet, they knew they needed to build like a biz dev team, and they right. didn't tell them. Like, hello. Yeah, I was like, guys, you knew I would have like jumped at it. So, yeah. Um, so, you know, they had started their operations in mid 2013, and um, I went to one of their uh, like a fair that they were a part of. They were supporting Alzheimer's, and so I went and sat in the booth. Um, and they were raising awareness and working with some of their their community partners and, and industry partners. And I, they did a walk too. So I went and I knew the, the three founders of the company and I went there and, and we supported their cause. And um, I think we walked a walk in a couple of miles, but raised a ton of money and it was, it was yeah. a great, really cool experience. And so in that timeline, we, we, I got to talk into a couple of founders and these are guys I've known for a while. And, and essentially, you know, we just, we just started thinking about, you know, they, they started thinking about where they needed to grow and um, the type of individual that, that they were looking for in that position. And, and I, I think we kind of came to the realization in the conversation, like, that could be me. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, so the company, um, they were looking for individual an individual operator, business, build, business developer, and essentially a partner for the company. Um, and so you know, I was someone that with my legal background, um, I could provide some GC type support, but at the same right. time with BizDev being my passion, I could provide that and help them grow the markets. And, and because of you know, um, the ability to kind of synergize lots of different things, I could also help with the ops. So they were yeah. small, early stage at this point, and, and we 
came to kind of this organic realization that I might be a really good person for the for the role. Yeah. And so about a year after they found it, I joined I joined them again. They're and they were a healthcare, essentially a healthcare startup delivering um, like private duty caregiving and, and nurse assistance to seniors in a home setting, as well mm-hmm. as in a, in a community and hospital setting. Um, yeah. Wow. I think that's really interesting. And so my brother was in finance and then he moved to doing finance and operations at actually a startup in LA. But what he was always saying to me is, you know, we have that feeling as lawyers, like we, like our tr- skill set isn't transferable, all that stuff you were saying, running into those things. And sometimes at these small startups, they're just like, oh, you're a lawyer, that will be helpful. You don't have to be the GC, but just it's help. We need everybody to be doing everything. And <laughs> you bring a lot of value in that as a lawyer. Um, so it's interesting to hear you say that, because I just, I think that's true. And I think it's an area of opportunity for people. It's a huge area of opportunity. I, I yeah. think you're totally, totally right. At the end of the day, the skills that you learn in the, in the practice of law or just being in a business setting like a law firm, mm-hmm. you're going to understand a lot of things that are necessary for small businesses, startups to be able to succeed. So that's contract negotiation, it's risk analysis and assessment, risk aversion, um, right. of course, litigation support, things along those lines. Those are extremely valuable for for businesses to be able to to utilize on the back end. And so you're, you're absolutely right. That was yeah. you know, you're you're really a, a utility player, especially right. in the early stages of a legal career because you're in such that learning mode. Yeah, yeah. So and then it also gives you the opportunity. You said you know that was part of what was a helpful set of skills for you, but you also knew what it was that you wanted to kind of start focusing on, and were you able to in that position? Yeah, I mean, it was. I, I got, I got, I got every experience I need to be. A, we joke that I, <laughs> I got, a, I got, an, I got an MBA without having to go to to uh, business school. Yeah, um, because I we were such a small company, but we were growing at such a pretty, pretty impressive clip that you know, as a as an owner and a partner in the company, you did what you needed to do. And so, right. you know, whatever that might be on the daily basis, we pivoted. Uh, but my primary responsibility was to develop new markets, and so. You know that meant that meant putting on the the uniform, getting out on the, into the into the sales field, and literally pounding the pavement and opening doors. Um, not knowing what was going to be on the other side, but trying to influence people to utilize our service. Yeah. And so you know, it was uh, I was definitely new to that type of the sales process, which where my previous stuff had been you know existing clients. How do you develop right. and, and, and right. farm clients and grow relationships? This was complete organic growth of non-existing markets. Right, right. Going along with that idea of propensity for risk, you know, it it was a lot of no before it was yes, and it was a lot of folks that, uh, you know, looked at me as you know just another sales guy, and and took time, um, in order to convince them that that I was different and that um, our company was different, and a lot of that came out of the opportunity to talk to people because they're like, wow, you're 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 a lawyer. What what do you? What are you doing knocking on my door at uh, three o'clock in the afternoon right, on right. Wednesday? You know, what's what gives? How'd you get into sales? Yeah. And to me, I, that that it was it was a logical question, but at the same time, you know, I love sales and I, I love biz dev, and it's it's to me every bit as difficult and and intellectual as as at least the way we try and do it, um, you know, as as any other profession. But 
it was uh, definitely interesting when people would start learning my background and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. And so as you're leaning into that, was, was it what you had wanted? Was it moving away from the things you didn't like, not just about, um, not just about sort of the skills that you're using, but you're also sort of the lifestyle of law is, is rough, but I would also think that, you know, running your own business, is not necessarily a lifestyle tick up. You're right. Yeah. Uh, I worked more hours at the startup than I did uh, in, in law, although yeah. I enjoyed it far more as well. And that, that therein is one of the biggest differentiators in, in yeah. long hours is can, can you stomach the work or you, do you feel engaged? Do you feel like you're in an area that plays your strengths? Right. And so um, I think law gave me the ability to um, have that engine, that business engine, where, right. you know, hey, we're going to work from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. tonight, and we're going to do it uh, tomorrow and uh, for the rest of the week and for the rest of the month as well. Um, I'm not saying that's healthy, and I, I wouldn't suggest it, um, but just having that engine um, was built upon you know, spending hours in the firm trying to, to figure out what I was doing. Right, uh, right. But it's like what you said, it's a, it's being engaged in something when you realize the, the sort of subject matter wasn't motivating you itself. It's like, now you found something that is. Exactly right. And, and yeah. that is something that one of my biggest takeaways from, from the change was find something that you, you are willing to immerse yourself in after hours, that you're willing to and, and interested in developing yourself in. And I think yeah. that was one of the areas where I knew law wasn't going to be the, the end all be all for me because I struggled with the extra aspects that, you know, the best litigators or the best attorneys were you know, knee deep in, 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 you know, different manuals or different CLE platforms that, that oh, were really I changing. And I, I, I found it really difficult to stomach. And so <laughs> I, I remember partners just coming in. We're like, we have this sexy new deal. I'm like, no, it's not. It's going to be exactly. boring. Like Another deal that's that <laughs> but like this person really felt like that and i was like good for you you're in the right job you know <laughs> I, I can't I, it, was, it was so bizarre and, and i i was envious i was envious of a handful yeah. of, of, of 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 i guess other lawyers that i graduated with i had I had some really smart friends that went and worked at the big big firms and um some yeah. of them lasted some of them didn't um, but for those that, even those that didn't last, uh, maybe they punched in their careers and, and, and you know, kind of then punched their golden ticket and went in-house somewhere. What, yeah. what, what, what kept them going through their ridiculously long nights were, this is really engaging. This is really exciting. I'm working on the, you know, the, the, the cutting edge of whatever it might be, restructuring or M&A or whatever it might have been. Right. And that was great for them. Uh, wouldn't have worked yeah. for me, but, you know, even still, that, that, what I caution those that do find that that to be um, engaging is that it's really difficult to sustain that at the level that a lot of the large firms require you to do if you yeah. don't have some form of outlet. Um, yeah. So I saw a lot of people who succeeded and I saw a lot of people who didn't. Um, and even the ones that were really good, it was almost, it was a shame because uh, you know, they burnt out or whatever. So true. I, I definitely saw that some of the best people I knew hit some real rough patches because of that yep. um like just really good lawyers people who i think were meant to be lawyers um but even so Absolutely. Um, so now you're fully in biz dev um with other things and that wasn't but you've you've had a couple more positions since then right but more like 
keeping on the same track? Yep. Yeah. So yeah. I spent about four years with the with the healthcare startup, and they were four of the best professional years as far as growth um, in my life. And yeah. you know, again, without going into too many details, there was a point at which the company was going in direction that that you know it was my time to depart. Yeah. So I um, I spent four great years and and you know started poking around again and, and was able to link up with a mentor of mine and. Um, and he said, "Listen, you've been really successful as an individual producer, and you know, as a part-time manager. Because by, by the end of my role, in the healthcare company, I was, I was, of course, doing individual production, but managing, you know, about ten people on the sales sales floor as well. So it was mm-hmm. a bit of a hyper role. Um, yeah. But he came and said, listen, I, I want. Do you, would you be interested in growing your skill set to to a, a sheer management role and kind of mm-hmm. helping more junior sales reps and some senior ones become better at what they're doing? Um, yeah." as well as developing more of you know, corporate strategy as it related to sales. And yeah. so I, I jumped at the opportunity and, and I spent about a year and a half there. And um, unfortunately, that, that ended more quickly than I would have liked to. There was a, a restructuring in the CEO portion. and They restructured, mm. restructured the whole sales org, um, which I had uh, slowly worked my way up. And so it was, yeah. um, I had great experience there, but it wasn't going to be the long-term spot. Just uh, yeah. once, they, once they restructured, it was... Uh, the writing was on the wall for me, so I, I, yeah. I But you have this, but you have spent all this time now working, progressing a career that you want to continue, right? <laughs> exactly. Man. Yeah. It's funny. I, I feel like I've, I've such a more broad skill set on the biz dev side, even though I've only been in it for, you know, about seven years at this point, whereas I spent a decade in law. Uh, right, right. Law school. But I've, yeah, that's that's what it speaks to following your strengths and knowing what your strengths are and, and being willing to ch- to chase them, um, yes. even if it's having a couple jumps along the way. Um, yeah, and that's so. I've, I'm I'm now in another. I, I came back into the healthcare space and I'm helping them grow uh, a vertical within their medical group. Um, they haven't had a sales function for that that vertical, and so this is mm-hmm. another fun, another fun um, area which kind of synergizes the two. Whereas a new business, new new market right. business. And I'll eventually grow into that manager role once we have, um, once once we grow to the point where I need more people below me. So it's right. all it all comes together. Um, but it's yeah. definitely and you never and you never know exactly what steps you're going to take, and there will be meant. You know, it's no one. It's it's going to be rare that you move to the next thing and then you're at that place for the rest of your life. Like that's not realistic. Agree. <laughs> um, yeah, and. You know, when you're talking about strengths, I think actually like my first episode, I spoke with someone who mentioned the strengths finder test and it, sure. you know, you score on these different um, elements. Mine definitely indicated I had no business being a lawyer, <laughs> which would have been interesting to take earlier. Um, but, but the idea being, and I think this is almost in some ways antithetical to being a lawyer, is that we all have strengths and we all have areas of, you know, not so strong and i think as lawyers it's like we're, we're almost like trained to just like get better at everything and work you know sort of beat out the things that we're not as strong at and get better at them but this idea that your energy is so much better spent leaning into the areas of your strength and trying to bring your weaknesses up and i yeah. think that's sort of what you're saying is like you know just it just has become more natural for you when you're leaning into something that you're naturally good at Absolutely and enjoy. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. I think 
that is one of the things that I had to reframe my mentality. It's like, I'm not good at this, so I'm going to spend more time on it. If you if you right. subscribe to the Strength Finder concept, um, you should you're going to be far more successful at growing more quickly and more usefully in the areas that you have a natural proclivity for. Um, yeah. And so that was, I, that's what I said. And it's, I spent six, seven years and I feel, uh, you know, I'm always learning. That's one of the big things. It's a big tenet in my life is, is learning yeah. and continuing to learn. Um, but at the same time, I've learned a lot faster and feel far more of a, a far more expertise. I'm not, I'm not yeah. expert, yeah. I feel far more expertise on the biz dev side than I ever had on the law side. And so, you know, that's just by focusing on what I was good at, uh, which yeah. really wasn't that hard to, to, to figure out if I was able to kind of pull myself, extricate myself from the situation and look back right. at what it was. That's what. Yeah, that's great. So looking back, um, is there anything you would have done differently or any advice that you would give people sort of in the early stages of, of maybe saying this isn't maybe my strength or I don't like it or it's just not the right fit? You know, it's a tough question. I, I normally joke, you know, the normal joke is for because I my I wouldn't say I had a bad experience in law. I don't regret yeah. it in the slightest. It just wasn't the ideal fit for me. Um, but right. you know, people, a lot of folks knowing my story will say, "Hey, you know, I want you to talk to my son, my daughter, my brother, my sister. They're thinking about going to to law school. What do you think?" Yeah. And, Oftentimes, my answer is if they really want to go to law school and they have an idea of what, what they want to utilize that that legal information for and that education yeah. for, then by all means, go for it. Um, you know, I, I, I went into it with, a, you know, with, again, with an ideological view of what law was and said, hey, this sounds great. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought maybe sports agency would be great. And, and, and you know, it might have been, um, but I didn't have enough experience. So my my suggestion would be, you know, if you don't have a very good idea of what you're trying to do with your legal background or with, with your legal education, maybe yeah. spend a year um, working at a firm or working in a company that where you want to perform those services so that you get a better sense of what it's really like. Yeah. I think that's yeah. one of the biggest jobs. People walk into a law firm and they think it's going to be all roses and, and rainbows and it's, it's not. And it's <laughs> no. those that go to law school and they get, you know, get a good internship. Um, yeah. you know, they get, they get wine and dine for a summer and this is all well and good. And then the moment they become a full-time associate, it's, it's again, not. And so right. I think everything is about educating yourself on a, what is it that you want to do? And B, what is it that you're, can you talk to individuals that you trust that are unbiased, that, are, that will give you an honest opinion of what life is like in a certain instance and to be brutally yeah. honest yourself <laughs> if that's going to yeah. work for you, you know, even right. if it, even if it means making it a change, um, I don't know many people yeah. who have gone to law school and don't appreciate the information or the, the skill set that they have procured. I yeah. certainly know a lot of lawyers who went and stayed in it and yeah. regret that and to this day do. Um, yeah. That said, I also know plenty of lawyers who are loving it to this moment. So, you know, it really depends on what you want to do with it. And if you yeah. know what, have a general idea of what you want to do with it, then I say go full speed at it and don't take no for an answer and don't, you know, just go in litigation because it's an opportunity. You know, hold out if you can you have the ability to to do the yeah. thing that you want to do because if i had gone into ip the transactional side it's likely i would still be in law because that was something that i again had a, had a, yeah. a talent for and was interested in yeah and i think that's it's that's good advice and it, it's it's so much about um 
trying to really tap into that thing that what is it about it that you enjoy or that you hate and being honest with yourself about it, <laughs> you know? Um, so, well, that is great, Jordan. I want to not take up too much more of your time. Um, but is there, you know, are there any like resources you have any ideas like, um, books or podcasts or other things that you have found helpful to you in sort of your process? You know, I think maybe not as much on, on making a change out of, of law. Mm-hmm. Um, I think more so than anything else. I mean, there, there are some really good books that I read even at my time at, at, uh, at the, my early stage healthcare startup. You know, I was yeah. pushed by the, the, the owners there, a book called uh, Ray Dalio's Principles, um, which is a really interesting story, both on business and on uh, framing, you know, our our professional mindsets, um, whether it be about culture or about success or about making sure that you're having a number of individuals weigh in on things that they're strong at. That was something hmm. that, that was a really influential book. It's about 600 pages. So, All right. I, a little I bit would, of a commitment. <laughs> I listened to it. And it, was a, it was easier. That was yeah. a book that was as I was kind of growing professionally. Uh, one of the coaches, I'm, I'm from Orange County, California, and Keith Arazi um, has a great book. He's a, he's a speaker and a thought leader on a cultural perspective, mm-hmm. uh, but just about leadership and professionalism, leading without authority is a great book that um, I've taken a lot from. I've, I've, plenty got, I've yeah. got plenty of others that are more leadership and sales oriented, um, yeah. but my advice is the days to do something, like I said earlier, do something that feels yeah. less like work. So when you're involved in the nitty gritty, you know, you don't present it. And right. that was that was something that I found immediately was to do that thing that when you're grinding it out at midnight and you know, hopefully you don't have to do that every day, but when you grind out at midnight, right. you feel rewarded for it after as opposed to during the day. Yes, it is possible. <laughs> um, okay. Well thank you so much, Jordan. If if there were people interested in reaching out to you, what's a good way to get in contact with you? Sure. Uh, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. Um, so yeah. Jordan, Holman, um, you can always find me there. I, I, I have some musings and some, some stuff there. Um, a lot of it's sales oriented and culture oriented. Those are two of my, yeah. my, my, my big um, things that I, I really like to try and push out into yeah. the world. Positivity. Um, and then if you ever have any questions, uh, Jord Hellman, J-O-R-D-H-E-L-L-M-A-N, gmail.com is my email. Um, I love to just connect with individuals that are, that are, uh, out there even to build network or, or bounce ideas off each other I've done a lot more of that in the last couple of years so it's uh yeah. anybody's looking to just chat about certain things and have to do with business law sales those are things that i'm, I'm really passionate about so i'm always yeah. happy to chat about that well thank you so much i really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me and it was a great conversation megan it was i appreciate it um anytime yeah. Oh, it was so much fun. All right, thanks, Jordan. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate it.